does not necessarily agree with that. I'm just reminded of uh, when, when I lived just a few blocks down the street here, we had some friends and neighbors that would sometimes pass on their magazines to us. Just, you know, she'd read them and pass them on. One of the magazines was um, a classic some of you might read. It's called Mother Earth News. Um, it's out of Boulder, Colorado. Any of these Boulder folks here? Brad, I, Brad used to have a subscription, I think. Uh, no, uh, but anyway, just joking. <laughs> We, we joke about Brad. Brad's the best thing that ever came out of Boulder here, we think. So uh, it's great, great to have as a co-pastor here. I'm joking. I know there's others represented from there this morning as well. We love you all. Um, but anyways, in this magazine, there was an article one time that we read. It was passed on us. And we thought, oh, let's flip through it. But the article had uh, some people's thoughts on the greatest problem in the world today is too many people on the planet. And it had a number of people voicing their opinions that... People who have more than one or two children are living in ignorance and they are one of the, a cause of one of the greatest problems on this planet. And there was all these people commenting saying, I totally agree, you're totally right on the money. And, and there's people in this day and age that would say, you know, children are not a gift. They're actually a curse for this planet and you need to kind of keep your family to yourself. And God says... They're a gift. It's a reward and they are a blessing. And we have to realize you got one of two choices there, to agree with God's thoughts on this or to agree with someone else's thoughts. And we choose to agree with God's thoughts on this. So we have many gifts in this church that we are so blessed to have. Um, another thing we need to catch is that um, God desires godly children from your marriage. You know, I don't know why you think you got married. There's a lot of good reasons to travel together and have a partner to share rent with and all these good reasons. But, um, you know, one of God's reasons for a, a marriage is that you would have godly children. And I'm not just saying that for fun or whatever. It's, there's a great verse in Malachi, uh, chapter 2, verse 15, but it just says this, and has not, uh, has not the one God made you? You belong to Him in body and spirit. And what does He seek? Um, and He's talking about a marriage commitment here. Um, what does He seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. But He's talking about God making the two become one. And He says, here's one thing that God is looking for. He is looking for godly offspring. Now there's a lot of good purposes for marriage. Um, but one of God's very real purposes is He wants godly children as the overflow of your marriage relationship. You're not going to hear that uh, on many uh, reality TV shows or things like that, but you need to know here that we value men and women who are having healthy, loving relationships, and we want them to know, we want you all to know, God is seeking godly offspring. So, um, you know, we'll we'll let you discuss that on your own time there, but... um, now, the, the next part, as it ties into parents there, is how do you think they become godly offspring? You know, does it happen accidentally? I don't know about you, any of you that have kids here. I remember when our, our babies were first starting to talk. It's been the same with each one of them. The first words out of their mouth have been, Bible. They just kept saying, Bible, Bible, Jesus. You know, there was some... The kids just, they just come out and they're just going, where is the Bible and where is my Savior? And it, it just happens naturally, right? And, and parents, you just come alongside and just point them in the direction they would naturally go, right? Well, anyone who says right is, is not a parent, you know? That's, that is not how it works. The first words out of their mouth are not Bible or Jesus or it's just, it's just crying and yelling for, the, you know, maybe me is the first word. They, me, me. <laughs> 
and they cry for what, the, the, you know, they're so self-centered from the start. And God's designed it that way, that a, a baby needs others to get started. And the goal is to transform them from one who is entirely and completely self-centered and self-oriented to one who is God-centered and because of that others-oriented. And that's the journey that parents are handed this little critter and they go, God's looking for godly offspring, here you go. And um, that responsibility falls on parents. It's the primary vehicle that God has for making godly children, godly offspring. Here's a great verse on that. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. But God's saying, hey, you're supposed to love the Lord your God and you're supposed to pass this on to your children. There's a number of verses which we could not go through them all this morning. On the importance of a parent in setting a child up for success and having a relationship with the Lord that um, affects and blesses others as well. But the primary responsibility in God's eyes is parents. He, he could have said, hey, here's the deal. Parents, you have kids, and make sure, hand them off to someone else who knows what they're doing. And, you know, whenever you get a chance, just get rid of them and, you know, pray for them a lot. And yes, we pray for them. But someday, each parent will appear before God, and God will say, how did you do at your assignment of raising godly offspring? And, and you will first and foremost give account. And we're blessed to have a community of people that want to help us in that process. And blessed to have where there's situations where there are godly teachers in different systems and stuff like that. But primarily, um, God is looking to you as parents to point your children to the Lord and help them grow. There's another uh, verse along this line. You know, and fathers, as leaders of your families, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. This is what God wants from, from parents here. Another thing, you know, that could be a tough assignment, especially in this world that we're living in that is getting less and less friendly towards Christians, and our culture is no longer Christian by default. Um, but yet, we need to know that God has given us, God has everything you and I need as parents to be successful couple great promises here. When you think about raising godly offspring in this day and age, I, I agree with Jesus' words there. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Here, this other promise. He, did not, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things that we need for parenting? You know, um, great promises. God has everything we need to be successful in our part as parents. Um... A couple last examples here. It's proper to dedicate our children to God. Here's an example of Hannah when she had a son, her son Samuel, and she, she devoted Samuel to the Lord's service uh, early on. You know, we want to make sure there's clarity between baby dedications and baptisms because in some worlds, um, you know, we talked about before at the firehouse, we're, we're not the best people at carrying on the traditions of man. Uh, you know, people have traditions they passed on from the, this church father or that one. We really try to get serious about taking the traditions that have been given to us from God and the Bible and living them out as best we understand them. And that may not include a lot of traditions of man. There is traditions, I don't know about some of you, but as a, a baby, they would say I was baptized as a baby, which really I think a lot of ways ties into what we call Baby dedications. Parents said, I'm dedicating my child to the Lord. They called it baptism back then. They sprinkled me, and I had no, no clue what was going on. But, you know, it was definitely not reflecting my faith at the time. Um, 
But we do believe there's, there's a very biblical place to present our children. As parents, we say, we, Lord, we, we want to present them to you. We want to ask for your help in making godly offspring, godly children here. So Hannah is an example of that in the Old Testament. There's also the New Testament examples um, with Jesus himself. Mary and Joseph brought their baby Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem in order to present him before the Lord. So it is a fitting thing. It's a proper thing to present our children to the Lord here. Um, so we're going to, at this time, um, what we're going to do is uh, welcome up the parents. Any of you who are dedicating your children, we invite you up here, bring them up. We're going to have you quick introduce the children you're dedicating. Then we're going to ask you to just uh, share a vow here of, of a commitment that you want to make before God. But bring your children up here if you are uh, going to be dedicating them. I don't know if I have space right here. Okay, let's see here. We got yeah, we can kind of curve around the edges here if we need to. There we go. All right. So let's see, is this one on here? Okay, let's see. Maybe we'll start from this side of the stage and move this way. Uh, how about just for starters, a round of applause for these parents who. Represents a lot of gifts, a lot of rewards, a lot of blessing right here. So I'm glad we'll have you introduce your, yourself and maybe your spouse going and, and the baby you're dedicating here. Uh, my name is Luke and my wife Kate, and this is Maggie Rose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Brad, this is Sarah, and this is Phoebe Joanne. <laughs> I'm, I'm Joe, and this is my wife, Laura, and this is Anya Genevieve. All right. Yeah. Hi, I'm Patrick, my wife, Emily, my daughter, Cora Jane. I'm Matt, and this is my wife, Sadie, and daughter, Annabelle, and today we are dedicating Sleeping Beauty. No, really, it's Rebecca Lark. I'm Drew. Hi, this is my wife, Bobby, and this is uh, Xavier Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Claudia, and I'm dedicating Alessandra, Analicia, and Juliana. And this is my daughter, Samantha, who also came today to help me dedicate the girl. I'm Greg. This is my wife, Christine. And what's his name again? <laughs> this is uh, Kellen Michael. We're dedicating today. All right, very good. Very good. All right. So what we're going to do here is, uh, parents, if you guys are, are up for this, we're just going to lead you through uh, maybe just a vow of your intentions to raise your children to honor the Lord. Um, we've got a kind of a repeat after me sort of vow. I think if you're up for the... 
what we read here, you should respond by saying we do. Um, so, uh, <laughs> very good, excited, that's good. Um, so we'll do that, and then after we do the parents' bow, we're going to ask the church to, to, you know, we are a church family here, a church body, and the church has a part to play in this, and so we have a, a vow of commitment for our support, and then we're going to ask the pastors just to come up after that just to pray, um, pray for them here. So um, let's go ahead, and where did my clicker go? Oh, yeah, right there, yeah. Hiding from me in my hand here. So, all right, so the first part of the vow here, I don't know if you guys can see from there. Um, do you accept your God-given responsibility to raise uh, godly children by bringing them up in the training and instruction of the Lord? Did I hear everyone say that? I don't so, all right, okay. Um, will you trust God with all of His gracious and glorious resources to carry out this assignment? Will you commit to teaching and training your child in the ways of the Lord so that they might one day trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Okay, this is uh, this is uh, for the church. You can, um, I think, at the end of this is a two-part thing here, but when we get to the next page, you can respond if you're willing to help these parents in their assignments before God. If you're willing to help, we will respond at the end by saying, we will, or uh, we, we do, whatever it says there. So, um, so let's, you can read these words that are up on the screen there. In order that these children may walk in the abundant life that Christ offers, do you vow by God's help to be faithful in your calling as members of the body of Christ to help these parents be faithful to God? Oops. Oh, there we go. And to support them as they teach and train their child in the ways of the Lord so that they might one day trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you accept this responsibility, please respond by saying, We do. Okay. At this point, I think we would like to call the um, other pastors up here as well. We're going to just pray real quick for... Um, some are already represented here. We're going to pray for for you all as well. So um, we'll let Brad start us off here, and Jeff and Tim, and I know how to stay out of the way here. Yeah. Um, so he's just going to lead us in prayer. Yeah, let's pray. God, we do thank you for for each of these parents, each of us as parents. And we thank you for the commitment we're making today before you just to apply faith as it relates to our children, to apply teaching of you. God, you told the people of Israel as they went into the new land, God, to teach these things and remind them of all that you had done for them, leading them out of Egypt and, and leading them into a new land. I pray that would be the same for us as parents, that we would teach our children of of how you have blessed us and what you have done for us, and that each of these children would grow into followers of you and disciples of you, and you just give your, your blessing and your grace on each of these parents and each of these kids represented here. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for uh, the joy of these children and their families and the ones on the on the stage, but also all the ones here today that came out just to be a part of this event. We're just grateful to be here ourselves. And uh, truly, even these parents are your children. You're their Heavenly Fathers. And we pray that uh, you would bless and guide and direct these parents. Uh, Lord, uh, to be the parents you long for them to be. 
We pray that they never grow weary of doing good and that they would lay their lives down for their children as you've laid uh, yours that son laid his down for us. Mm-hmm. Father, we just pray for the salvation of each of these kids and that they all would uh, follow you in Jesus' name. God, we do just thank you. We thank you for the moms and dads up here. God, we thank you for their hearts to obey you, and for their hearts to seek you and to trust you. God, as they raise these kids, as they're looking to you and your word, God, I I thank you that you've put them in this family. God, that you've given us as a church the ability and the chance here to help, to help encourage them, to help uh, every step along the way. And, And God, we do just pray for a ton of grace for every parent, every parent in this room, as well as these parents up here, God, in raising their kids, God, that they would be able to show them you. God, that they would see you through their interaction with each other as, as moms and dads as, as well as just their um, interaction with you and their times alone and their times in prayer. And God, we just really pray that you'd give a lot of grace here. God, we pray that you would protect them from the schemes of the devil here. The devil would want to take each one of these kids out of the game. God, we pray against that. God, we pray that you would give uh, just a ton of protection around these families. And God, you would bless these families every step of the way. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for um, these parents here and these children. And God, we do just ask that you would, I agree with all these prayers, you pour out a ton of grace on these parents as they try to honor you with how they raise these children. Lord, help uh, every parent uh, on stage and every parent in our church just to to have all that we need to be good stewards uh, of the souls you've entrusted to us. And, And God, I just pray especially for... All the grace that's needed in a, in a day, in age, when it's going to be harder to raise children, harder to be a follower of Christ than it has ever been in the history of our nation. God, I pray for a special grace upon every one of these parents and upon these children. God, I pray that you'd help us as a church to encourage and support these parents and um, that these children may grow up to be your disciples and, and bring you great glory. And we ask for all this grace and all that's needed uh, in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. How about a round of applause for these parents and kids? If you have younger children, uh, 0 to 2 and 2 to 4, feel free to check them into the Sunday school area right now. I think the 2 to 4-year-old's back here and the, the 0 to 2 in the, um, in the hallway there. And as parents are checking them in, we'll just kind of uh, wait till they get back so we can transition into this next part here.
would be Jesus said his disciples should too. This would be the one, I think if you had only one reason to go on why you should get baptized, it's because Jesus said that his disciples should get baptized. And he said it, I'm doing it, and, and that's enough. You know, um, this verse here is just a, a great verse. Uh, it's a kind of a trademark verse for our association of churches here. And it says this, um, Matthew 28, 18-20, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This verse has a lot of things we can unfold here. Just a few highlights of it. I really love in light of Easter. Last week we celebrated um, Easter really represents Jesus showing that he had the authority over death. He had the authority uh, to offer himself as a substitute. He had the authority therefore to forgive sins. And, And he proved it all by the resurrection, authority over death. And so... In light of that, he, uh, all of the Great Commission verses where Jesus said, sent his disciples out on a mission, all of them came only after the resurrection is when he gave his commission for, for this great mission. And um, this is an example here. And now he had said this at other places, I think of Luke chapter 10, where Jesus told his disciples at one point, hey, by the way, all authority has been given to me by the Father. And he went on with business. But this was a way of saying, um, all authority in heaven and earth, it has been given to me. If you haven't figured it out by now, after the resurrection, Jesus was saying, it really has been given to me, all authority in heaven and on earth. And therefore, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and make disciples. And I want you to baptize them. And I want you to teach them. And that is our mission. And uh, for, for any disciple, anyone who would say they're a follower of Jesus Christ, this instruction is, it was not only to the first disciples. I love how it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, I don't know if you say recursive, but it goes to, hey, if you're a disciple, go baptize people and teach them. And by the way, as you teach them, you're going to have to teach, teach them what I taught you, which is go make a disciple and baptize them and teach them what you taught them. You know, and it, you see how it goes. It's supposed to be this ongoing, you teach someone how to follow Christ, and if they catch it, then they now go, I'm under these instructions to go make disciples, to baptize them and teach them. And if I'm really teaching a disciple, they catch Jesus' heart and His instructions to, I need to go do the same. And so um, I love how it's uh, designed to continue to reach people, you know, until the end of the age, these instructions are good for. So I, I hope you find yourself on a mission that, that Jesus gave His disciples. Um, so anyway, Jesus said to you, make disciples, baptize them. That's a two-fold instruction. One, if you are a disciple... That means you should probably get baptized if you're going to follow Him and obey Him. But two, this is also, if you consider yourself a disciple and you've been baptized, who who should be doing the baptizing? Well, anyone who's a disciple and has been a part of maybe helping someone look to Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you're under instructions to, to go make disciples and baptize them. So in some ways, some of these people this morning are on the side of obeying it by being baptized and some here this morning are obeying by baptizing others and so we just need to know that's the that's mission if you had only one reason to get baptized because your Lord and Savior said to do it um, and I hope you catch that uh, the next thing, you know, last part obviously if we should get baptized if we want to follow His example and if we want to obey His command it's all pretty straightforward here um, next up, who should get baptized? Anyone who's placed their trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and wants to be His disciple should get baptized. 
You notice there's a distinction here in the New Testament um, between someone who has placed their trust in Jesus for salvation versus someone who had their parents do that for them. We think that's great for parents to say, hey, I want to raise my child this way, and that's why we do baby dedications. But it's very different when you on your own, you say, I believe Jesus died for me, and I want to follow him as my Lord, and I want to get baptized. And that's what baptism is all about. And the baby dedication is another good thing, but it's a different thing. So um, I hope everyone catches that or has caught that. Um, What it is, it's a a symbol, it's a picture of sharing in Christ's burial and his resurrection. One of the classic verses on the the meaning or or the the picture of baptism is Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4 really captures it. It says, um, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. You know, in baptism, we get to share. Somehow, you know, there's nothing magical that happens there, but yet at the same time, there's something very profound that we uh, express through baptism. And that is, through the act of going underwater, it's it's, uh, the idea of sharing with Christ's death and burial. And when Christ died on the cross, anyone who's looked to Him, who's in faith in Jesus Christ, their death occurred on the cross as well for their sins. And rising up out of the grave is the picture of rising up out of the water to a new life for the glory of the Father. And there's this picture of, you know, I love this book we just studied recently on the Gospel. It just talks about, with some of the good news about the Gospel is that in Jesus' death, was it provided for our death. The death sentence we've earned for our sin was provided for, was paid for in Jesus' death. And in Jesus' life is everything we need for our life. He provides. He is the very source of our living a new and glorious life. And He's the very source of dealing with the death sentence that you and I deserved. And it's a, it's a beautiful picture to share in, in baptism. Now, um, you don't need to understand necessarily all the deep theology related to that. You just need to know Jesus said to do it. And, you, you know, I think it's been 17 years of following Christ and I'm still understanding some of the profound ramifications of this thing that, that he told us to do. But um, you can stick that in your archives if you want to. Um, it's also a baptism publicly identifies us with Jesus before men. There's a verse here. Matthew, I love it. If you read the one-year Bible this morning, there's a passage in Luke that actually said the same thing here. Um, and I'll read it from there. It's also Matthew. It's, it's in a number of the Gospels here, but um, this is how it was put in Luke. And this is how Luke put it this morning when, when I was listening to him. Um, no, um, Luke 12, 8, it says, I, Jesus, assure you of this. If anyone acknowledges me public, publicly here on earth, I, the Son of Man, will openly acknowledge him. All right, that's someone leaning on the wall. There you are. All right. Um, all right. Um, and let's see. We'll uh, openly acknowledge that person in the present. Uh, let's see. If you acknowledge him here on earth, I, the Son of Man, will openly acknowledge that person in the presence of God's angels. But if anyone denies me here on earth, I will deny that person before God's angels. And so um, there's a real chance when you get baptized to, 
to really publicly identify yourself as, as one of Jesus' followers. You know, our, our faith, when you get saved, a lot of times, I mean, obviously it's a very private and a personal thing. I think of Romans 10.9 that says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. Well, that faith that we have in our heart is a very private, personal thing, and many people come to that faith and express that faith to God in different scenarios uh, and different locations and things like that. But baptism is a way to go public with that private and personal faith is to go public and say, I want to identify publicly that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And it's, a, it's an awesome thing. You know, there's an analogy sometimes that's it's kind of like a, I've heard the analogy of it's like a wedding ring. When you get married, you kind of want to have a, a ring. It's a tradition to have a ring that you're spoken for. And, you know, I'm spoken for here. My, my wife gave me a titanium ring. Some of you may or may not know that. Every ring is made out of different metals. Mine is titanium to rep, represent strength. You know, uh, it's uh, lightweight but extremely strong. So, um, thanks, honey, for that picture for me. Um, but, no, anyway, it's, uh, some of you have other precious metals. But, but it kind of would be like the idea, what if you were married and you got a ring when you exchanged your vows? And what if you kind of weren't really excited about being married? You were kind of ashamed. And in public settings, you kind of slipped your ring off and wanted to pretend like you weren't spoken for. You know, and in some ways, baptism is a way not to do that uh, as a follower of Christ. There's a way to say, you know what, I am spoken for, and, and Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And just as if someone who didn't want to claim their spouse and took their ring off, and that would be kind of strange. Well, I think it would be strange if someone said, you know, it's a personal, private thing. I just don't want to tell people about this faith. And, and that's not the way Jesus set it up. As a matter of fact, there's places in the Scripture, I think of the Gospel of John, where it says that some people believed in Jesus, uh, who He was, and, and they were afraid to go public because they feared man, they feared they would be put out of the synagogue. Um, but there's a way to just publicly express your private and personal faith, and we're going to do that here this morning. So, uh, what else do we have here? Another one just to think about, um, baptism does not save you. Uh, baptism again your faith believing in Jesus in your heart saves you baptism is a, it's an evidence when you express that publicly well the design is that you're expressing publicly what has saved you which is your faith in Jesus Christ in your heart and so it's, a, it's an evidence it's an expression but it does not save you in and of itself it is a way to testify that you have faith in Jesus Christ and so this is what it is um, here's a few things of what it's not got an airplane dive bombing us out there it sounds like um, it is not a step for salvation there's a, a ton of verses that um, communicate your, your salvation is by faith through grace it's by believing um, and I think there, I've heard reference to anywhere from 60 to 70 times salvation is tied directly into believing or faith or some reference to that there's a very few verses that can cause confusion on this and I love the thought I think it's Howard Hendricks that said something a, a great Bible teacher that uh, recently passed away but he said you know the Bible is like a living organism and when you take a, a part of it and you cut it out you leave the rest of it bleeding you leave it damaged you know sometimes people extract a little verse from the Bible about baptism and salvation and they leave the rest of the the word of God in bad shape because there's so many things that say you're saved by your faith and baptism is is an expression of that so there's just a few verses here that uh, share that um, 
It's not a part of the gospel of salvation. You know, I think Paul himself preaching the gospel says, Christ did not send me to baptize but to preach the gospel. If baptism was a part of the gospel, Paul would have never said, hey, I'm not baptized. I'm not so important to me about baptizing. It's about getting the gospel out so that people get saved. He had separated uh, preaching the gospel versus baptizing those who respond to the gospel. And we need to know that it is the gospel that saves us in believing uh, the good news. And so um, it's, it's not for salvation. When should you get baptized? We're just going to fly through a couple examples from the Bible. Uh, the first time the gospel was preached by the Apostle Peter, 3,000 received the good news, uh, came to believe the good news, and they were baptized immediately. There's an example of the Ethiopian official in Acts chapter 8 where he came to believe that Jesus and understand that Jesus had died for him, and they're going along in a chariot or something. He's like, hey, there's water over there. Why shouldn't I get baptized? And um, Philip went and baptized him right away. Uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, when he saw the lights on the way to Damascus and went from Saul to Paul, it said they, they led him to the city there. And before he had eaten, he hadn't eaten for a number of days. The first thing he did when he got to Damascus was go and get a good bite to eat. You know, um, that's not what it says. And this passage says he went and got baptized first. It's extremely important, though it doesn't lead to your salvation. Extremely important. The Philippian jailer, um, after he came to believe that he went immediately and got baptized as well. Um, you know, and another thing just to be aware of, again, when it comes to the tradition of man versus God's word, is there's no example in the Bible anywhere of someone getting baptized before they believed in, in Jesus Christ. No one got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior before they believed. It's always believe and then baptize. Believe in Jesus and, and get baptized. And so um, we just need to be aware to separate the tradition that many many of you, I was brought up, I was baptized as a baby, um, but you don't find that in the Bible. And so um, we're trying to put that. Another thing is the, the Greek word baptize comes from the word baptizo, which literally means to immerse, uh, to place into, to dip, I think that used in other uh, situations back then, it was like, you know, you, you baptize your dishes in water or something like that. You, you immerse them. And that's why we do baptism by immersion. We don't sprinkle. We don't uh, shower. We don't do other things. We, we immerse people. We put them under, representing the burial of an old life and, and rising up to a new life. And so, so it is true that for different people, we hold them under longer than others. Um, no. no, just joking. I was just joking. Someone here is getting baptized. Uh, his, uh, his wife said, hold him on for an extra five seconds for that guy. So uh, we'll see. No, but it is the place into. To, uh, it's, it's, it's immersion. It's, it's going underwater. And we, we've got to catch that. That was always, you know, the examples here that say they went down into the water, up out of the water. Jesus came after he was baptized. Um, baptized in the river. Um, and another place, it said John the Baptist was baptizing in a place where there was plenty of water. You know, if it was just sprinkling, I guess you just need a little cup of water and you sprinkle someone. Um, but they did it in places where you could go into the water and come up out of the water and where there was plenty of water. And so it's got a tank that's big enough to, to get you all the way under there. And uh, we might get a bigger one as we go. But anyways, that's, it's, it's the place into... Um, what else do we have here? Okay, so... Our next step, what we're going to do is just we're going to ask all of you that are wanting to get baptized this morning that uh, 
you've been thinking about this. I mean, we're, we're hoping not too many last-minute takers here, though. We could entertain that when they go to change into their, uh, their swim trunks here or whatever. Um, but if you're getting baptized this morning, I want to invite you up here on stage. We're just going to ask you a quick uh, to introduce yourself and share why you want to get baptized. So if you would, come on up. Okay. Excellent. All right. So we're going to, again, we're going to have each one of you just introduce yourself and share why you want to get baptized. Um, trying to notice the demographics here. There's a, a bunch of guys and one woman getting baptized here. So I don't know what that means, but uh, maybe the women have been more, uh, you know, they've they're already gotten baptized. These guys are catching up. Uh, I don't know what it means. We're gonna, we try to baptize as often as we can at church, you know, once or twice a year. We also, if you want to get baptized in your small group or in your favorite river or something like that, we, we do it anytime someone's ready to get baptized. And so these are who want to get baptized today. So um, let's see. Maybe we'll start on this side and work our way that way. Sounds good. Um, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, just that. Oh, I can't tell your name, but uh, why don't you say why you want to get baptized here or who you are and why you want to get baptized. My name is Josiah. Okay. Why do you want to get baptized today, Josiah? So other people know that I'm a Christian. All right. Very good. Thanks for introduce yourself and why do you want to get baptized? I'm Ashley, and I want to get baptized because I believe that Jesus was the Son of God and that he was sent to die on the cross, and I want to live my life for him. Amen. I'm James, and I want to get baptized because in December I gave my heart and life over to Christ, and I want to be obedient and show it in public. Amen. I'm Will, and uh, pretty much most of their reasons as well, but uh, um, also too because Jesus was baptized, and he said that uh, his followers should be baptized as well. So. Amen. My name is Sean Kolich, and I want to get baptized because Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and He was baptized and calls us to be baptized, and I just want to follow Him. Amen. Hello, uh, my name is Alfredo, and the reason that I want to get baptized is because um, Jesus did so, and I want to follow Jesus, and if He did that, I'll, I want to do that as well. So. My name is Joe. Um, I want to get baptized because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Um, and then I have a, a quick verse I'd like to, like to share. In His kindness, God called you to share His eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suf- suffered a little while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you, and He will place you on a firm foundation. Um, this has been for quite a while, and I'm just... Uh, it's a thrill in my heart. It's a time to do it, and uh, Christ has, has uh, given me the right to do it, and, and I'm, I'm blessed to be able to be here to do it today. Right. And uh, let's see. We might uh, 
And I appreciate you guys for sharing that. I know each one of you could have done a small mini message if, uh, if we gave you enough time. But uh, uh, we're going to have the pastors again. If you guys don't mind coming up, we'll just pray for them. And then uh, we'll give, uh, give them a few minutes to get into some whatever you want to get baptized in. If you're not in the good shorts on already, ready? Okay, yeah, well, if we need, a, if we need a time for changing, we'll do that. So we'll pray for them. And then we'll uh, kind of relocate over here on the side and start, uh, start baptizing them. So, all right. Okay, well, let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, uh, what an encouragement to see your hand in this world. And um, it's uh, a pretty challenging world in so many ways, but when you break through and touch a life and cause a person who is rich said earlier when they're born they don't they're not born saying bible <laughs> but uh, when you touch their life in the course of their life and they come to the point as these folks have today to accept you as their savior and want to follow you uh, there's a lot of rejoicing in heaven there's a lot of rejoicing here Lord, we just pray that you uh, truly truly bless these folks and their decision to follow you even through the challenging times as well as uh, the good times i pray they'd only uh, have an unflinching trust in your love and goodness for them in Jesus name Amen God we do thank you for each of these we thank you that they've taken a step to put their trust in you God we just thank you that each of these represents a new life of faith in you of being your child we just thank you for those steps and we thank you for each of their faith today to obey you a baptism is nothing special it's just a symbol that you called us into to identify with you and obey you. We thank you for each of these taking that step. I think of 2 Corinthians 5.17. says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. We just thank you for that symbol that their old life has passed away, their old sin, their old, their old ways, and you've made them new creatures, new creations before you. We just thank you for a baptism signifies that their sins go down in the water and they come up without them as a new creature. And we thank you for each of their faith to obey you today. Amen. Amen. God, we do thank you for these men and women. God, we thank you for their decision to follow you with the rest of their lives. God, to, uh, to give their all for you. God, we thank you for their decision here to just take that first step of obedience. God, it's, it's such a little thing, but it's such a big thing at the same time. God, they're coming out and letting everyone know that they're a believer of you, they're a believer of Jesus Christ, and that they are going to live their life that way. God, I thank you for their hearts. God, I pray that you would bless them. I agree with Tim there. Just bless them tremendously. God, as they step into this life of being a disciple of yours and taking it day by day. God, I pray that you would give them wisdom. God, help them to see the steps they need to take. Help them to obey you. Help them to walk in your ways. God, it's, it's a lot different than this world around us. It, it, it truly is, and it's getting more and more different every day. God, we pray that you'd give them strength, give them courage, give them wisdom to, to walk in your ways, God. And I, I pray that you would protect them, protect them, keep them safe. God, watch over them uh, and just use them in mighty ways. God, we thank you and, and praise you in Jesus' Um, Lord Jesus, I agree with these prayers, and we just thank you for um, 
these brothers and sisters in Christ here that uh, have looked to you as their Savior and uh, just want to go public for you and tell others. And, and God, we just thank you for the encouragement it is to us to see their faith and their obedience here this morning. And God, we, I agree with prayers. We just ask that you protect them as they begin to follow you. God, I pray that you would uh, empower them with your Spirit. You, you say that um, as you rose from the dead, that uh, was to the glory of the Father and we too may live a new life. And I just pray that you would help each one of these live a glorious new life um, for your glory. And we just ask you to protect them and help them in that. And God, help them to be ones that in turn will uh, help make other disciples and baptize them. And um, But we just ask for your protection and your guidance. Help them to just follow you as Lord and see new things happen in, in their lives um, all around them. And again, we just thank you for this special day. Uh, we pray your blessing on them. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so I think we're going to take a moment to uh, get some uh, some shorts or swim trunks or whatever uh, to get baptized here. So give us like three minutes, and we'll we'll just be you don't have to go anywhere. We'll just shift over there, and uh, I think we can keep the kids in Sunday school here just for a few minutes longer, and we'll baptize them, and then we'll we'll call it uh, an awesome morning here. So. Yeah, you know, we can maybe scoot some chairs a little bit there. We'll do the, uh, so that people can see from the rest of the room here. But uh, how about a three-minute break, and then we'll continue with um, the baptizing them.